Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Cosmos Country. On this week's episode, I will review the Cosmos 2-0 victory over Miami FC, talk about the U.S. Open Cup draw and who the Cosmos might face in the second round of the U.S. Open Cup, and later on in the show, I will touch on the World Cup bid by the United States, Mexico, and Canada. So let's first get into talking about the Cosmos starting 11. The Cosmos starting 11 against Miami FC was Mauer in goal, Ocheng on the left, Djokovic, Ayose as the center backs, Barnes on the right, Marquez, Danny Satella, and Andres Flores as the three midfielders, and Juan Guerra on the left, Menjavar on the right, and Eugene up front. And this is what a lot of people have been asking for. Every time Eugene would come on the pitch as a substitute, he would bring something different to the team, some pace. But I don't think he is that out-and-out striker that we're looking for. I think Armari deserves some more time up front, but then on the other hand, he's a bit older. Can he take walking out on the pitch and playing for 70, 80 minutes every single week? I don't think he's that type of player, so that's why I think we may need to look for another striker. But this past Saturday, the New York Cosmos took on Miami FC at Ricardo Silva Stadium. It was Miami's home opener. Some chances here and there. Miami FC hit the post a couple of times. In the second half, Ryan Richter crosses the ball into the box, and Danny Satella heads the ball into the back of the net to put the Cosmos up one to nothing. And and in stoppage time, Restrepo was taken down the box, and the referee pointed to the spot for a penalty shot, and Iose converted the penalty to put the Cosmos up two to nothing. And that was the full-time score. Like I said, back and forth, It was a very physical match, and this is a rivalry that's building. And like I said throughout the early stages of the season, I feel that Miami FC, every single year, they're getting better. And this year, that's the team that we need to watch out for, Miami FC. Very dangerous team. They beat us at MCU Park, and we ruined their party. That's what Danny Satella said. They ruined our home opener, so we wanted to ruin theirs. That was Danny Satella on the victory at Ricardo Silva Stadium. I think the New York Cosmos have their fight back. I think we are the team that we once were. We're going to tough places and getting results. We didn't see that early on in this season. And we still have a lot of matches to play. And there's going to be injuries. There's going to be tough times throughout the 2017 NASL season. But I think the team is starting to gel. But there's still question marks as well. 
the back line. I don't think the defense is that strong. I don't think we have enough strikers. But beyond that, we can go to a tough environment, get three points against a very tough side, and we ruined their home opener. So that's a great start. Let's review last week's matches throughout the NASL before we look ahead to week four action. Puerto Rico FC in 11, that finished 1-1. The Armada beat FC Edmonton 1-0. And the Deltas beat North Carolina 3-1. In week four, we have Jacksonville Armada taking on the San Francisco Deltas at 7 p.m. at Hodges Stadium. And North Carolina FC taking on FC Edmonton 7.30 p.m. Cosmos are on their bye. We'll be back in action on April 22nd at MCU Park, taking on Jacksonville Armada. A lot of people say, I don't look at the table when it's early on in the season. I only look at the table after 10 matches. But it's a very exciting season. Jacksonville Armada, league-owned. They're playing phenomenal. They're top of the table with six points. There's the Deltas, Miami FC, and the Cosmos with four points. Then we have Indy 11 with three, tied with Puerto Rico FC. And then North Carolina FC with one point and FC Edmonton with zero. So the game to watch this weekend is the Armada versus the Deltas. The Armada are top of the table. The Deltas are right behind them. If the Armada win that match at home, then they will have three more points added, nine points, and they will start building that gap, which I don't want that to happen. Uh, But it's going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks. The Armada are playing the Deltas on Saturday. Then they're playing the Cosmos next Saturday. So very exciting matchup. I see the Armada winning this match because the Deltas are a very exciting side. But the Armada playing home. They're playing great. I could see the Armada winning 1-0 here. North Carolina FC versus FC Edmonton. Let's go with a 1-1 draw. FC Edmonton is not looking too exciting in North Carolina. I think North Carolina is a very interesting club because they have a decent manager and they always seem to bring in decent players as well. But they can never really compete in the league. I know they don't have a lot of resources and they can't spend big on players. But I mean raise the expectations, not just to be relevant every single year. When you go into the professional game, if you're a player, if you're a manager or an owner, everything is taken to the next level. So if you go out there and start a local soccer team, the product on the field doesn't really matter. And when I mean local, I mean maybe like your local state league or like a semi-professional league, amateur league, whatever. The product on the field doesn't matter because you might be getting college kids. But now you're in the professional game and the budget is tight. I understand that. But there has to be room for you to put a winning team on the field. And that's the one thing I don't understand about North Carolina FC. I'm not putting that club down. But every single year, they have a decent manager. And they have this one player that I think the Cosmos should get. T.T. Shipalani, great player. He's like one of the best players on the squad. But they're never really in uh, to make it to the postseason and to qualify for the championship. Let's see what they do this season. They might surprise a lot of people. If they beat FC Edmonton at the weekend, and they will be right in the mix with all the other clubs in the league. So let's move on and talk about the U.S. Open Cup draw, which is very exciting. Every single year, 
I can't wait until the draw. I can't wait until the Cosmos play in the U.S. Open Cup. Because for me personally, my goal for the team, no matter who steps on the pitch, is for the Cosmos to win the U.S. Open Cup. And I don't know about other Cosmos supporters. I don't know how they feel about that. Is that a realistic expectation so they can play MLS competition and beat them on any single day of the week? But when the Cosmos lose in the U.S. Open Cup and get knocked out, that's when I think something inside of me dies. For me personally, like I said, I put everything into the U.S. Open Cup. And I think the players feel the same way, the coaching staff, the front office, the ownership. And we see it over the years. Once they lose in the U.S. Open Cup, that always affects league play. Every single supporter wants that from their team, from the players, to put 110%. And I think every single player, when they put on their shirt, when they wear the Cosmos badge, if it's a league play, if it's a U.S. Open Cup match, if it's a friendly, they know to give 110%. I think they even put more effort to try to win the U.S. Open Cup. The Cosmos campaign in the Cup starts in the second round, which is where USL and NASL clubs join the competition. So on May 10th, Cosmos supporters have to watch Reading United AC, which they play in the PDL, versus Clarkstown SC Eagles. They play in the MPSL, so they both join and play on May 10th. And the winner of that faces the Cosmos in round two. So if the Cosmos play Clarkstown SC Eagles, that match will be played on May 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern time at Rocco B. Camiso Stadium at Columbia University. Or if Reading United, if they beat Clarkstown SC Eagles, they will face the Cosmos, but we will have to travel to Reading, Pennsylvania. So that's the draw for the Cosmos. The Cosmos over the years have played lower division competition. We've played Jersey Express. We've played the Brooklyn Italians in the early stages of the U.S. Open Cup. And this will be no different, um, which is very exciting because as the Cosmos, you expect to get past these teams, but you can never overlook them. And that's something that I like about Gio. He treats every game as a final, like he says. So he wouldn't treat a MPSL side or a PDL side different than Indy 11. So go out there, watch your U.S. Open Cup matches, support those amateur sides as well. There's a few of them. There's FC Motown, Celtic, which is very exciting. That's a local side that doesn't play in my town or in my area, but they're going to be playing walking distance from where I live. So that's going to be a very interesting match. I will attend that match. I've never attended a match locally where you can walk to it. You can see an amateur side um, play in the U.S. Open Cup. Maybe if our listeners are interested, maybe we can bring them on the show and sort of talk about their campaign or talk about what they're trying to do as a club before they play their U.S. Open Cup match. If you guys would like to hear something like that, email us at firstteampod at gmail.com. So the last thing we'll talk about on this week's show, and it's going to be a very short one because the Cosmos are not playing this weekend. We have a bye, but we'll be back next week with our main show and with hopefully our First Team Podcast Extra Time show later on in the week. The last topic that I'm going to get to today is the U.S., Canada, and Mexico joint World Cup bid for 2026. I want to see a World Cup in the United States. And I don't have a problem, personally, with a joint bid. But the thing I don't understand is Sunil Galati, and this is the problem I have, is that the World Cup, having it here, 
is great. It's great on multiple levels. The way I see it is that we're going to unite the United States when we host our matches and we're going to bring together soccer fans. There's different groups of soccer fans. So there's fans that just support European teams. There's fans that just support American soccer. But then there's fans that don't support clubs but support national teams and watch the United States every four years. So in 2026, if the three countries win the bid and get to host the matches, we would be able to showcase these matches in our country. You wouldn't have to turn on Fox Sports if you have a ticket to go watch the match. So what I'm trying to say is that I think this is a good thing, not because we might get money. We might be able to do different things from a business point of view from the Federation. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm looking at this bid as a great thing for the sport in this country. And I think the problem is that we need to tell those fans that support just national teams and just watch the United States every four years that there's domestic soccer. And this is a way how you can connect those fans. So no matter where you live, maybe those local teams have watch parties. So for example, say the Cosmos have a watch party at a local pub in Brooklyn. And they can spread the word about that. And all these fans come to this pub. They don't have to be Cosmos fans. They can just be United States soccer supporters. And they come together, watch the match, and get to know about the New York Cosmos. They get to know where they play, what league they play in, and all the history about the team. You're not persuading them to fall in love with the sport. They're already following the sport on a different level every single four years. But what we could do is persuade them to come watch their local soccer team, to actually fall in love with the sport. I'll just give you this story quick. My early stages of watching soccer was watching European teams, so watching Napoli. I love Napoli. Watching different soccer events on TV. But I didn't have a local team to support. I attended two matches before watching the New York Cosmos in person. I went to see PSG versus Chelsea at Yankee Stadium. And then I went to see Juventus versus Club America at City Field. So those were two matches that I attended in person. It made me a stronger soccer fan. Everything changes once you see a local soccer team. The way you think of the U.S. soccer pyramid, maybe. The way you look at the game in this country. Maybe you get to know different players. And you just get this connection with your team that you support. So me going to these friendlies, or maybe a soccer fan watching the national team on TV... That doesn't excite you as much as going to see your team locally. Say you live in Portland, go see the Timbers. If you live in Minnesota, go see Minnesota United. If you live in Miami, don't sit around and wait for MLS to Miami. Go see Miami FC. So I think that's what the World Cup bid is going to do, hopefully, for the country, for soccer in this country. And then on the flip side... The negative thing that I have with the bid is that we only see Sunil Galati at big events. So when he's making an announcement, that's the only time you hear from him. World Cup? Wow, big announcement. But why can't we hear from Sunil Galati? Why can't there be transparency from the Federation? This is not like a pro-rel rant or like I want to see change or whatever people might think. But what I'm trying to say is why can't Sunil Galati come out 
and talk about different things. Maybe he can go live on Facebook and take questions and have a conversation with the supporters. That's what bothers me. In this country, we can't sit down and have a conversation about the sport. I'm not talking about leagues or certain players or the business behind it. How do we get a lot of people in this country to support soccer clubs in the United States? Why can't Sunil Galati come out and support lower division sides? That could be a change. Soccer can just create different initiatives, create different committees to make U.S. soccer great again at all levels. So not just at the professional level, like the semi-pro level, at the amateur level. Give everyone a chance to get into the sport, to play the sport, to own a local soccer team, is that we can have a conversation. We can all come together. You can email us at firstteampod at gmail.com, and we can have a conversation about U.S. soccer and maybe what this World Cup bid actually means for our country. And I know people on Twitter have been saying that People in Mexico want to pull out of the bid, or people in Canada don't like the bid. So the details is that the United States are going to host a lot more matches than the other countries. If approved, it would be the first World Cup hosted by three nations, and the first jointly hosted World Cup since Korea-Japan 2002. It would also be the first finals held in North America since the U.S. hosted the 1994 tournament. Mexico would host matches for the first time since 1986, and Canada would host men's World Cup matches for the first time in history after hosting the Women's World Cup in 2015. The tournament would primarily be played in the U.S., and U.S. soccer president Sunil Galati said during the announcement event in New York, with the U.S. hosting 60 matches, including all matches after the quarterfinal round, and 10 matches each to be played in Canada and Mexico. This is a milestone day for U.S. soccer and for CONCACAF. We gave careful consideration to the prospect of bidding for the 2026 FIFA World Cup and ultimately feel strongly this is the right thing for our region and for our sport. Along with our partners from the Canadian Soccer Association and the Federation Mexicana de Football, we are confident that we will submit a bid worthy of bringing the FIFA World Cup back to North America. The United States, Mexico, and Canada have individually demonstrated their expectational abilities to host world-class events. This is going to be a very exciting time for all three countries and their federations. Mexico, they got involved. They negotiated this deal, so they have to be excited. So in Canada, they're building their own league. They're working on that. And now they're bringing a couple of matches, potentially, of the 2026 FIFA World Cup to their country. So that's going to be like the biggest thing for their country. And that's great. I love that. But in the United States, we have a lot more problems. And people say, okay, we've had MLS for 20 years and we're doing great. I think there's a lot more to do to get a lot more supporters on board. And I'm not saying persuade people to support soccer. That's never going to happen. You're never going to take a fan of the NBA, and say, go support NYCFC. That's never going to happen, or the Cosmos, or whoever. Get those people that support European teams and support just the national team every four years and get them involved locally with their teams. That's one of the things that I think the World Cup will do in 2026 if FIFA does approve it, uh, but we will be updating 
everyone on the World Cup front. You can email us at firstteampod at gmail.com with your thoughts on the FIFA World Cup bid. Do you think that it's a good thing to host a World Cup with three countries? And lastly, what does this mean for the United States? I touched on it's going to bring a lot more supporters to local soccer clubs. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, and on Facebook at First Team Pod. And thanks for tuning in to this week's show. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys of Benedict Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it in our playing. The fact of it is, black from skin, tax, hash, and bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's tag the wing, going back to stand through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views. Like Shouting cues allowed to you without the dudes. Out my crews, I'm tracking past no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about profession. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless out the training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it, the work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.